Hello and welcome to the Geeks Danny Boyle Retrospective Podcast, where our UK team will be looking through the entire cinematic work of director Danny Boyle in chronological order, from his 1995 debut Shallow Grave to this year's Trainspotting 2. We'll have a new podcast up every Wednesday and every Saturday leading up to the US release of T2 on March the 17th. Warning, this podcast contains strong language and spoilers throughout, and Geeks and Tessellate do not represent any of the companies or creative talents involved with any of these films. This podcast is 100% unofficial and independent. Ellie likes puppies. Puppies. Geeks! (laughs) Geeks. Hello and welcome to episode four of a Danny Boyle Geeks Retrospective Podcast. Uh, today we're dealing with the beach. I'm your host, Al White, and joining me for the entire Danny Boyle Retrospective. Harukabe and Allison Holland. Hey guys. Hi. We've Hi. moved to 2000, um, which I just said to Haruka. <laughs> That's when this one came out 17 years ago. And you had a little breakdown. Madness. Yes, I did. <laughs> How'd that feel? Great. I can kind of deal with the millennium being that far ago, but it's when I look at um, the topical things of what happened that year or what films came out and stuff. Some seem a long time ago. Some really hurt me that I was 17 years ago. <laughs> so, the, so this is the year of Memento, Castaway, American Psycho, High Fidelity, <sighs> X-Men 1. So just before comic book films became big. Unbreakable, Traffic, In the Mood for Love, Battle Royale. Oh, wow. Um, and within like, not quite at, in 2000, but within a couple of months of Fight Club as well. It's a good film year then. Yeah. It was, and it was that millennium time of starting to deal with things in a different way, you know, starting to deal with our fears of what the future was going to be, technology coming in and taking over our lives. And as this film deals with a lot of kind of a, already, I think, starting to have that lust for more tangible, you know, physical experiences rather than what the electronic world was already kind of sort of showing us it was going to offer. Mm. Um, yeah, May 2000, uh, written by John Hodge, so the same screenplay writer as his last three films, um, but re- uh, based on the novel by Alex Garland, you're a big fan of? I'm a huge fan of him. Hard yes. not to be a fan of Alex Garland, really. True. Um, Alex Garland, oh, he's got a funny photo on IMDb. Look at that. Aww. <laughs> um, also wrote 28 Days Later, uh, Sunshine, Ex Machina, Dread. Um, and apparently Halo, which has now been announced. Didn't he write um, Never Let Me Go? Never Let Me Go, the screenplay version of that, not the book. Right. Um, oh, and also, I, uh, yeah, Enslaved, which was a very cool narrative video game. And a black and white uh, Batman uh, TV show. Hmm. That's about it. And a Tesseract. Um, yeah, so I think most people will have seen something of Alex Garland in their time. This film brought in an entirely new cast other than one uh, uh, old Danny Ball stalwart. Um, but we have Leonardo DiCaprio, we've got Daniel York, we've got... Um, Daniel, I love you. <laughs> He's the second <laughs> my one. Friend. He's the He's second one on IMDb. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, yay. Uh, you've got uh, Guillaume Canet, you've got Virginie Ledoyen, not pronouncing the French words very well. <laughs> uh, Robert Carlyle returning, and then you have, of course, um, Tilda Swinton, um, these are in order of how they turn up in the film, so it's a bit confusing. Patterson yeah. Joseph. Who's some of the other faces you know from this? Uh, I don't know if there are too many other faces, to be honest. But yeah, um, international cast here, for sure. Um, and uh, it was made for $50 million, and it had a worldwide gross of 100, well, just under $150 million. Um, in the end, so it, it tripled its money, which was good. Mm. Uh, domestic gross of only forty million, so didn't do too well domestically. But well, actually, if that's domestic for where the money comes from, I don't know where the money came yeah, from. Yeah, where is film. it? If that's for the UK, then that's a good haul. But if not, then no. Um, one hundred fifty was successful. I remember at the time, like everybody was excited about this film. Leonardo had obviously just done Titanic a couple mm-hmm. of years before, and Danny Boyle, despite a life that's ordinary, I think people. It was one of those things where he was so big from train spawning, people who didn't see Life Less Ordinary because it wasn't doing so well just then ignored it. So this was kind of seen by some people as his next film, I think, mm-hmm. even though it wasn't. Um, and yeah, it just had a very evocative, like I remember the trailer was very evocative and the soundtrack was full of people who were really big in 2000s in the club scene and in the dance scene and in the, you know, and then they throw in All Saints as well and Moby and it kind of appealed to kids and grown-ups and everyone. Yep. 
Um, I've seen this film a whole bunch of times, but I haven't seen it probably in about 10 years at least. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But at the time, I saw it a lot, like a lot, a lot, a lot. Uh, what about you, Haruka? Um, I've seen it two, three times, I think, um, which is less than um, some of the other Danny Ball films that I've seen. Um, but I do rate it very highly. It's just that it's not a very fun, you know, light-hearted film to watch. So despite me re-liking it, it never, I never had the motivation to like rewatch it over yeah. and over again. But yeah, mm-hmm. I've seen it before. That's fair enough. Was the soundtrack much of a part of your life or was it not really? really um, yeah, not the full soundtrack, but yeah, yeah, a lot of the songs, yeah. A lot of the songs. And Ali, this is your first time? Yes. There you go. He got rid of Ewan. Congratulations. (laughs) Uh, The basic synopsis, uh, we're getting this one today. I'm just going to keep jumping around to different places. It's from Movie Mistakes. Uh, Richard, played by Leo DiCaprio, is on vacation in Thailand and meets up with some guys who talk to him about some legendary island paradise that exists in Thailand. That is not correct. That is not. (laughs) (laughs) true. (laughs) He meets up um, with, what's his name? I've forgotten his name. I've got it written down. Yeah. Daffy, yeah, Daffy, Daffy, played by Robert Carlyle, who tells him about a legendary island paradise that exists in Thailand. Figuring the place doesn't even exist, Richard makes nothing of it until he meets a man named... Oh, do other people tell him about it beforehand? I don't know. Is it it's no. saying he meets Daffy after he hears about it? Yeah, that's what it's saying, yeah. yeah. This is a lie. <laughs> meets a man called Daffy in his hotel room, uh, in a hostel. Uh, turns out Daffy is from the secret island, gives Richard a map to it. The next morning, Richard finds Daffy dead by suicide. Richard and his new friends, Etienne and Francoise, head out for the island. However, Richard leaves a copy of the map for the guys that he met earlier. I mean, see, this is bullshit, the way this is written. He meets a couple of stoners and he gives them a map. After making it to the island and just escaping detection by the farmers, Richard and company meet up with the group on the island led by a woman named Sal. Richard and Francoise eventually fall in love and everything is going well until Richard goes into town with Sal for food and the guys Richard gave a map to show up and talk about it, which unfortunately Sal overhears. The... This is how this is written. So I'm just going to read this how it's written. Since I've given them credit already, this is from Movie Mistakes. The copy map guys try to go to the <laughs> island like Richard, but they get intercepted and killed by the farmers. The farmers then go to Sal and the group and say that if they want to stay on the island, Sal must shoot Richard. Sal pulls the trigger, but the gun the farmer gave her was empty. Seeing what Sal is willing to do for the island, everybody books and leaves. <laughs> that's a very that's rough... A very, that's a very rough... They Which, jumped <laughs> straight from the very, very beginning to what to happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was one sentence off, and they fall in they love. They fall in love, and then... <laughs> Everything's good. Yeah. Um, well, well, yeah, we're going to get into the minutiae now, obviously. Uh, I was really excited to come back to this one. I really was, because it's... it's um, it's yeah. I remembered it as Danny Boyle really getting his legs again and progressing on from train spotting and finding a sort of more glossy way to do the energy he was doing before. And I think it really like for me. I don't know what you guys feel straight away from the opening of this one. It gets me like straight. Oh yeah, the mm-hmm. first shot is pretty incredible. Yeah, and it's it's immediately. What is the first shot again? It's um him backlit by, yeah. the, bus yeah. by the bus stop and then it like tracks to a laying Buddha. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he um, walks in front of it. And yeah. it immediately echoes train spotting for me visually and with style in terms of that. Like, it feels like when they're on the train tracks, like, queued up, like, lined up. Um, you have a VO straight away, like, mm-hmm. immediately mm-hmm. as soon as it starts. You've got pumping music immediately. Like, the energy is immediately there. And it's very stylish and energetic. And um, and he's immediately painting a CD world again, like, in train spotting, albeit a foreign and, you know, more exotic one. And there's an immediate social commentary as well on who this character is. And I think it was like we were saying before, like the VO, and we'll certainly get to this when we talk about Transporting 2, but the VO in Transporting 1 works so well for me because you're immediately in with this character. Mm. Like whether you like him or not, you understand him. Mm. And it immediately kind of makes you, um, they give you his desire to not be a normal tourist, his sort of disdain of looking around at the fellow Americans, while with also his own self-deprecation of realizing he is kind of one of them. And he just wants something different, but he wants it to be safe and different sort of thing. Um, and I think that's something that the majority of people watching a film are going to identify with in terms of everyone wants to feel they're different and want something different from an experience, even if most of us are too scared to actually do something yeah. that wildly different. Right. So I think it's a great 
in for a movie mm. um and a lot of this have you read the book at all um i read it but it was a long time ago yeah. so yeah because I, I feel like the vo i mean i have no idea but i feel it feels very much like it must have been written yeah i think it was and, like first person if i'm right yeah there. um which immediately just gives you a great grounding um with just yeah some really nice nuances in the, in the writing of it and his thought process at the beginning that for me make him like him straight away mm. what about you guys drinking snake blood would you do it <laughs> i would not do it <laughs> <laughs> but good for him for wanting to try yep <laughs> yep no snake blood for you Hurika. huh no snake blood for you no snake blood for me thank you very much <laughs> i love how they're trying to like tempt him to do stuff and then he refuses to do it and then like just like all the americans <laughs> and then that's <laughs> the thing Mind. It's like fuck you guys <laughs> which i feel is really important um as a character as well it's kind of like this is a character that keeps making bad decisions to because he's not really and i don't know if i felt this when i watched it younger but it's only watching now like he's not really a nice person he kind of blames everyone around him for his own decisions most of the time um but we'll get to that a bit more later i think mm. but um and he feels like he has something to prove which is i don't know anyway uh but he is consistently curious which is great for a film mm -hmm. like he constantly wants to try new things mm. and push the boundaries a little bit um and it, uh, blah, blah, blah. yeah so then we get basically i don't know if you notice as well but like the same setup as shallow grave essentially you have a protagonist who is uh meets someone who's temporarily living in the same space as them then that person kills himself and that person leaves a golden ticket to a dangerous but exciting world and mm. it's up to our protagonist if they take that ticket or not right. and it really is the same draw that they give you in shallow grave of he could just go to police give them the map and that'd be it yeah um but because of his greed and his want for excitement and stuff and kind of wanting to do something with his life it's the same kind of deal with shallow grave they just opt they really opt into the nightmare yeah mm -hmm. and that's exactly what he does here if he wasn't so curious this would be a very very different film right um, but just that dangling map and then i feel his desire of uh in the hostel room next to him yeah there's a girl that he fancies in the film it's his desire to sleep <laughs> mm. with her is kind of well this map might impress her <laughs> and you get that scene <laughs> of him like practicing with me. <laughs> yeah bring your boyfriend <laughs> let's see what happens yeah but do you i mean do you two as girls do you like him from the beginning of this because that is kind of a weird setup of here's a guy you're not really going to get to know him that much and our first proper action that he's doing is well i want to fuck this girl even though she's already with this other guy <laughs> let's try and like lure her away from him like yeah. that's essentially what he's doing yeah i suppose but she's very pretty so, <laughs> <laughs> so you're fine with that i yeah. would do that uh, yeah <laughs> basically yeah does the fact that it's leo help at all a little 12 year old looking leo he i what year was he born um, do we know at this point i'll let that up you remember for a second okay because he looks like he's 12 so hearing him say fuck and watching him have sex makes me uncomfortable really <laughs> yeah. he looked like he was 12 but for I, a long time even in True. i remember the in titanic i was like this he's way too young for any of this to be happening right mm. um, he was at this point because he's six years older than me so he's, he was 26 at this point okay he looks so young. Yeah, he really He's does. Very okay. baby faced. He really <laughs> does. Um, oh. But it is an interesting launch pad, I think. But it's kind of yeah, it's a fun launch pad. Yeah, it's weird because like I didn't like him in uh, Titanic at all. I remember, mm. or I mm -hmm. didn't like Titanic at all actually. Okay. Um, but yeah, I remember liking Beach so much more than Titanic. Um, yeah. So yeah, I guess the fact that it was Leo didn't affect my enjoyment of the film either yeah. way kind of thing yeah okay yeah I was, a, I was a big fan of leo yeah from his old stuff like we were just talking about basketball director right. you mentioned and, yeah and he was and great in that yeah well seeing gilbert grape and romeo and juliet and then he did titanic and i was like yeah like, i i enjoy titanic i'm not trying to be purposely controversial but it wasn't a great film and mm. he certainly wasn't you know that exciting for me but um and you also have from shallow grave here then the same thing like you're left with this this kind of golden ticket to something and then you have the same triangle of two males, one female. They both kind of seem interested in the female and that mm -hmm. weird kind of forward propulsion technique as well of like, you know, who's going to end up with who. Um, which I think has some interesting resolutions with where that goes actually in the film. But let's go for it a little bit more um, scene by scene. 
Uh, so I'm going to do my synopsis here, which is a bit different from the one we just read. Probably more accurate, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Richard's holiday in, holidaying in Thailand. He's ig- indignant to the regular tourist masses. He wants adventure. He wants to do something unique. He meets a seeming, um, so he meets Daffy, a seemingly crazy man at his hostel who tells him about a beach on an island. Richard doesn't believe him, but the next day he finds the same man dead in his room and a hand-drawn map pinned to his door that shows where the beach is. Asking the aid of the attractive French couple, Francoise and Etienne, in the room next to his at a hostel, mostly because he has intentions of trying to sleep with the girl, Richard and the pair set off across the island toward the island. Meeting a stoner couple, who also know about the beach but believe it to be an urban legend, Richard leaves them a copy of the map as the trio take a boat to the nearest island and then swim the rest of the way. Um, yeah, it was really weird, actually. I remembered, you know, the shark fake-out scene? Mm-hmm. In this? I rem- because there is an actual shark attack in this film, yeah. in my head, I always remember that fake-out scene as the actual shark scene. <laughs> oh, interesting. So it always makes me a little bit tense each time before I realize, oh, yeah, <laughs> Did this movie make you scared of the ocean like Jaws did? No, it was... It was I Started with Jaws? It. Yeah. I was three when I saw Jaws. <laughs> yeah, so that's fair. It was embedded <laughs> in me oh. already. So that was by far the... Like, now, yeah, I'm kind of dead inside to that stuff, but... That scene actually scared me quite a bit when I watched it hmm. the first time. Is this an adventure you guys would go on? Do you think you'd go? No. No? <laughs> You're not going to swim a couple of miles through Thai waters? I doubt it. I ba- <laughs> I'm just learning to like getting in the ocean from right. a beach. So. Well, that's true. You don't yeah. like it when it's... Um, you don't like the, the transition walking between in. walking on water to no water. You'd be happy with like... Although the water is... someone's someone's getting murdered outside (laughs) our window um if the water's clear and i can see my feet i don't have a problem with it okay but that being said i don't know that i necessarily walk in and swim for two or three miles just because i can see below me i do find it interesting (laughs) you said if you were dropped off like in the ocean yeah i would jump off a boat and swim around and go that's scuba weird. diving or snorkeling but hmm. i'm so the opposite being on a beach and beach. not knowing what is around my feet scares me oh that's weird mm. <laughs> <laughs> i'm really fascinated with that stuff. um yeah my dad's been to this beach because it sadly did turn into a big tourist destination after this film mm. and that's what's kind of weird about this film is like you have all these beautiful rides of it right at the beginning mm-hmm. you know when he when robert carlisle i think is talking about it yeah around that time yeah or even right before that, I'm not sure. But, and they're the real shots of how it looks, and it's phenomenally beautiful. And then you get that weird CGI shot. Yeah. Where they pull out. I can't remember yeah. what's going on there. But if I, and it looks really bad. Yeah. Like really, really bad. And some of the CGI in this film did not age very well, sadly. It was just after the fake shark attack, isn't it? Because they're then swimming, and then it pulls out. Yeah, and yeah, out yeah. And, out and, and looks, you oh. see the whole island. <laughs> yeah. It looks really bad. Which wouldn't look so bad if they hadn't just shown you it, how it really looks. Right beautiful um so then they arrive at the island um and they quickly find an enormous field of dope or weed and then realize that they've stumbled across upon a drug cartel with men with guns and monkeys so it's the field on leashes yeah is that what they really mm. do do you think they have like send a monkey can warn them of danger and tugs on the little yeah. why not on the little string on the little string i know it's like you know same with dogs right yeah, yeah. yeah. watch dogs yeah watch monkey guard dogs Guard monkey. That makes sense. Um, <laughs> uh, narrowly escaping, they decide to continue the journey to find the beach after initiation waterfall to jump off of, which is kind of how I took that. Did you take that? Like, they position their camp purposely beyond this waterfall because it's kind of like an initiation jump. It kind of decides if you're worthy enough. You're brave enough to. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. I think it's a bit of a chicken or the egg situation, but I think... I kind of read it as the camp was like built there so that people can't can't access like, it. access yeah, easily. That's kind but of, if they yeah. did, then you know they're yeah. worthy of yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I mean. I think it's like because yeah, like that guy said, it took him an hour to do it, and then he's mm-hmm. kind of yeah. there waiting for him. I feel like one person is on, it maybe on guard there the whole time. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they meet up one of the beach dwellers, takes them to their makeshift village to meet Sal. So Ali, someone, have you heard much about this movie? Mm-mm. Is this did it? Is it how you thought it was gonna be? Is it the kind of like? I am purposely not watching any trailers or reading about any of these. Okay. So if you really had no clue how this movie was gonna Mm-mm. be. Like some of them I've heard of. I've heard of Twenty Eight Days, Later. just from 
us talking about it on yeah. set and stuff. Um, under 27 hours, I remember seeing and reading about uh, Slumdog I've seen. So, but the majority of these, I and train spotting I knew about, but the majority of these I have zero context or ideas okay. what yeah. where they're going and what they are. This is another movie from the 2000s or like that period, which I remember being pretty edgy at the time. Mm -hmm. Like it was quite yeah. dark and quite cool and a little dangerous and yeah. exciting. And it was probably just also my age group going at 20 or whatever. It was like just that age as well, where it was like hitting you perfectly for the demographic it's trying to go for. Right. Um, and it is weird watching this stuff now where it's just way more bubblegummy mm. <laughs> to be able to yeah, watch yeah. them. Like it doesn't feel that edgy at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, I feel it's very much split into two halves, though, this film. Oh, yeah, definitely. Sure. There's and a it, big turn yeah. halfway. Which takes, and I think, yeah, I always imagined it as half and half, but I think it's actually much, a lot further through it because this time I was waiting for it and I kept thinking, wow, we've got a long way to go because we haven't even got to his that psyche. Part. Yeah. <laughs> Basically Reason. breaking. Um, and I, I've always kind of wanted, I've always wished I had read the book because I'm interested if they bring that in much earlier in the book and because it's a pretty quick switch in the movie like it happens pretty quickly um, right because he seems pretty he seems okay <laughs> <laughs> he seems doing fine yeah um and then you get to the actual beach and this time i was watching it thinking it's really hard to how do you shoot something you've hyped up so much and make it look like because i'm sure in person you sit on that beach and it's just breathtaking yeah but when you shoot something like that it's really hard mm. to get that across um, and all you really get, they show you a couple of wides of it and then the music's all majestic and like the beach looks nice and white. But right. do you feel they sell it well enough? Do you feel it feels like a paradise? Well, I think the people's expressions and stuff sells it more than yeah mm. the actual... I know the scenery is pretty awesome as well. But I feel like it's also the idea of just getting away and disconnecting and having your own community and not needing to worry about anything else yeah. that adds to it. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. that is a thing, and yeah, which I'm trying to think now. Well, I mean, definitely in the next film, we get into that again with Danny Boyle with a theme for his, but the deconstruction of a society, mm. and yeah, that idea of getting away from things and rebuilding things from scratch. But then the irony of that is, yeah, those points where you realize, oh, we need a society, and you need rules, and you need, you know, yeah. Med yeah. medics, <laughs> things yeah. like that. Like the fact that they don't have a thing. I do find it weird because Sal's running this island like a governess kind of thing and she's pretty strict about well very strict about all of her rules mm. and she's pretty regimented about everything and everyone's got mm. their jobs that they need to do so they can relax and be peaceful and yet she hasn't implemented having a doctor there I, like I feel she would have purposely made sure one of the first things is like well we have to have a doctor on island so that we can deal with problems that come to us kind of thing you would think. Nope. You would think. <laughs> just silence. Correct. <laughs> I just found it kind of strange. Her personality wasn't... It could also be, like, what we were saying is if, if you can survive it and you can get through it, then you're worthy of staying. It's mm. like the guy who needs to go see a dentist. She's like, no, just let these guys take care of it for you. Mm -hmm. I guess so. If you survive, then you can stay. If not... Yeah. And, you know, it's not like they, they, they were living in a zombie apocalypse world where, you know, like... They, they were only there for like six years, I think. Yeah, and you it, only get so. that right at the end, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Because you don't yeah. really have any context of how long they've been there no. until the very end and you get yeah. six years. Um, which then makes you think, so Robert Carlyle's character, because she says he was one of the founders, he's, mm -hmm. he had been there for six years. Yeah. And the period of time these guys have been there, I was trying to work it out. They do map it out every now and then, like, well, it's been two weeks since this, or you've been in the, just in the jungle for three weeks and mm -hmm. stuff like they haven't been there for that long. They've no. been there for maybe like three months. Yeah. Kind of so maybe they never needed a proper, proper doctor. Maybe. I feel it would have been an easy thing. I felt, I kept feeling it'd be just one line of Robert Carlyle, like Daffy was the medic at one point or something. Like mm. he was a doctor or something. Um, but anyway. Uh, she asks them if they showed anybody else a map. They all say no. And Richard lies about it. And they are welcomed into the alternative resort. Uh, Sal war warns a group that a pact with the drug cartel has been made that no more people can arrive on the island, but they were lucky enough to sneak in. Richard and Francoise continue to fall for each other. Oh. Uh, do you find her kind of, uh, yeah, that love triangle, does it work for you guys? It's strange because he's so nice. Etienne, the boyfriend, Etienne. Etienne. Mm. Etienne. Etienne. Yep. Um, which continues throughout the entire movie yeah yep. so he's just like 
the perfect Why? friendly i'm okay with everything mm-hmm. guy yeah but then it's leo so <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> but that's the problem but... I, I can believe that in terms of you know she's a pretty girl she's very young mm. i feel like her and etienne have been together for a while you felt like it's mm-hmm. probably someone she knew from when she was very young or right something. yeah and potentially even they'll end up again together at some point or whatever and i can imagine her being attracted to the slightly more apologies but like the american brashness a little bit more selfishness of Mm. leo's character and finding that kind of attractive for whatever reason but it is really frustrating yeah 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 because eddie and like he's so fucking nice and yeah i I think he's objectively way more handsome actually than leo he's just Mm. like when you see them side by side, Leo just looks kind of sickly. Yeah, <laughs> has his like Backstreet Boys haircut in this. Yeah, like, the spiked lighter tips and yeah, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does. Right. Um, whereas Etienne's just got this kind of manly, but not too manly. Yeah, and he just looks kind, and then yeah, and he doesn't do any. He's just he's the only person on the island, as we'll get to in a bit. Like he looks after someone when they're ill, mm-hmm. and mm. when he finds out that Francoise and Richard have slept together, he's like, well, if that's what makes her happy. Like, and he's clearly pissed about it, but it's like, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And then they really don't deal with that again. It yeah. just kind of, he fades into the background for a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was wondering where he went. And in my head, I was like, did I miss something? Did he leave? Or is he... And then he showed up again. Yeah, just in the side on. of the scene, like, oh. he's just suddenly sitting there yeah. again. And there's not that many people on the island. So you feel like they all sleep in the same place. Yeah. Right. So he's going to hear them have sex. Every I know, that's <laughs> what I, I wrote down. Where do they have sex? <laughs> <laughs> and then I wrote, ah, at the beach. Because they have sex at the beach later on. Yeah, that is where they have sex. They have sex. <laughs> and I think this is the first time I really appreciated it. Not in a pretty flurry of bubbles, but in a swarm of shrimp. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's hmm. true. Because oh, she eventually tells him that she likes him a lot. And then says, hey, look, the, the shrimps, like, they glow in the moonlight when they're yeah. disturbed. Let's go have sex in them. <laughs> so they swim out there. It's really beautiful. They make out. And I keep thinking, well, these little shrimps are just going to get in their mouth every time they're, like, making out and moving a little bit. And then they start having sex underwater, basically. Yeah. And it's not, not a good idea. No. no. It doesn't sound very romantic. No. If you think, no if you think sand gets everywhere, mm-hmm. just try tiny shrimps. <laughs> Ouch. Um... Yeah, as we just said, her boyfriend finds out, gives them his painful blessing. Uh, Richard then has a run-in with a shark. Um, and yeah, let's do a that. Baby a baby shark. Baby yeah. shark. First of the two sharks. But the only actual scene with the shark. and Where you see it. Yeah. Which I, I like how they handle this because, yeah, it's a small shark. You're used to it always being a big dramatic thing. Yeah. They mm. still shoot it like it's dramatic, but then mm. they punctuate it with humor and his yeah. dumb story. Yeah. Which, again, for me, is like, well, oh, it's very entertaining. you're seeing his face screaming and he's like, you have to remain calm. And he's like... Um, and it's good like they do the shark well i don't know how they did Mm, it i don't know if it's animatronics or if it's real or what but it looks great yeah um and it's yeah and it's like a lot of scenes in this movie i feel too much where i'm just i'm constantly entertained but with his stories i think it's like i like him less (laughs) because of the way he's telling it and the way the kind of person he is but i'm very entertained by his character Mm mm-hmm um and then the community needs a trip to copenhagen am i saying that right copenhagen that's what it says. he's sat, sat so. right yeah yeah to get some more rice and provisions and we have a fun scene with all of the um island yeah giving him their lists of stuff yeah that was cool <laughs> in my head that's literally what i'm working out is how many bags does he need like all stuff and then you do see him with tons of bags so yeah mm. no try. Rolling it up. um and richard is elected to travel with sal um yeah so then they go back to the mainland now this here's where someone i'm gonna say something about my personal life which most people i'm completely ignorant about it so it's a dumb thing to say but everybody in my peer group always wants to go to india and you Mm. always want to go to thailand like everybody always wants to go to thailand and i have very little interest to be honest in going to thailand and it's not because i don't think they're beautiful things i've seen like there's some beautiful old um not statues what do you call it? there's like old civilizations you know like they which mm-hmm. i'd love to see and stuff in the jungle i do have a thing against lots and lots of heat and everything against like bugs and spiders and snakes <laughs> and all this stuff which i've heard horror stories from all of my friends who have gone to thailand about um and they've all like you know come down with stomach bugs from eating the wrong dumb thing and blah, blah, blah. um but i would i just have this impression of thailand in my head that i think now watching this film was partly put in it from watching this film when I was 20 years old of just that hectic loud sweatiness of you know the hustle and the bustle and it's all dirty mm. and 
grimy and neon and maybe i'm saying words that make you two very happy but it doesn't like <laughs> i'm just like i don't want to be any part of that whatsoever sure. and then you went throw tourists into it as well and it's like no that sounds fucking mm-hmm. horrible yeah. um right so when I, he gets there he acknowledges that and is says like right when i got there i realized i had no desire to be around any yeah. of these people and wanted to go back yeah and they did a great job of selling that with all the shots and the music choices yeah and like so the, that was the thump and the yeah yeah it just looked dirty yeah. and grimy and like Unpleasant. college parties everywhere yeah. <laughs> it's like i don't blame you i would go back to the island too if i saw <laughs> that after being do, there do you think that's meant to be is the because my problem is i come into this film right at the beginning and he's in that they're just not shooting it in that way mm-hmm. and i'm immediately in a place where i don't want to be there like i don't i'm hoping i'm looking forward to him getting out of that situation because it's just too loud for me it's just too crazy but are you meant to be you think in it with the fun of the adventure and then the island shows you this different world so when you come back to it you're like oh that yeah, thing like, oh, that you I kind of was appealing like before that. you don't like anymore yeah is that the intention of it do you think or because hmm. that's the journey he's on i think yeah in terms of he likes it but he wants more right right and then he finds something way more precious which then gives him a new yeah reflection on the world he mm-hmm. used to be in i mean he's there looking for adventure so maybe it starts off with him going and assuming that is the adventure of it is being in that place and doing all the clubby things or loud music mm. or drinking snake blood and weird markets with yeah. you know yeah. locals but then changes to a different type of adventurous yeah yeah yeah. um and he's also uh, this was about the point where i realized because this is a point where he actually rings home mm-hmm. and he re- and i'd noted it down earlier of like we yeah. actually know nothing about him because you don't start with him at home or on a plane you start with him already there you're not sure how long he's been there for necessarily if mm-hmm. he's done the touristy things got bored of it and now he's looking for something new you don't know what his job is you don't know what he studied at school. You don't know if he... Like you find out later he says he doesn't have a girlfriend, but you don't really know. You don't know if he's got any friends, who they are, and you know nothing about his parents. And this is the one scene where you do get him bringing his outside world mm. and telling someone, we presume a parent, oh, I could be another couple of months. Yeah, or a year. I yeah. He says up to a year. Up to a year. Because I'm really liking it out here. And that to me was like a really interesting thing to put in suddenly because mm-hmm. I feel like I'd accepted, okay, this is someone with no history and that's an important decision as yeah. a character to mm-hmm. say we're not going to tell you anything about this person because it doesn't matter mm-hmm. all that matters is this bit of their journey and you can be on board with that mm. so to me i can't decide if i like the fact that you suddenly acknowledge oh he does have a life outside of this yeah or if i didn't like it what bothered me about that is he then by calling your family or your friends i feel like once you do that and say oh i'll be gone for a few months up to a year then you're expected to still reach out within that and, yeah. so, and he says oh yeah i'll call again and so yeah, i think if he had just left it at that it would have been okay yeah maybe mm-hmm. but even just making the call to begin with kind of i feel like being on the other end of that phone line you would assume oh he's calling me now so i'll keep hearing from him sporadically throughout this next yeah however mm-hmm. long or maybe it's purposeful because it does it breaks that bubble like we're saying you're not sure how long exactly they've been in that place and that does put a timer on it more Mm. and it does break that bubble of well they're all playing make-believe like he's playing make-believe he's even saying in that thing well i like it i might be two months i might be a year whereas when he's there you feel like this is their entire world Mm. because that's all we know yeah so it's kind of maybe good i guess to like yeah break that bubble and say yeah they're all just sort of playing other than sal who's definitely not playing yeah it's very much in it yeah to me it made him feel more real because i think that's what backpackers do you know they don't mm. especially back in the days when you know before like what's up and everything else yeah like, that's yeah. true people rarely find a cafe with wi-fi exactly i'm safe yeah. yeah you couldn't make this film now because every anyone on that beach would just be facebooking it <laughs> and instagramming it and so true i'm sure that's what happens at that beach now yeah yep. sure. someone would have that what's that thing you have on your phone so and knows where you are at all times oh yeah you can follow your friends through yeah i message <laughs> does she know right now can she tell no she does we follow each other indefinitely so she can see where i am yeah, terrifying. i'm sure she's looked at the map enough to know that when i'm at this location that means we're home that's when i've left you outside <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't i don't think it works when i'm outside because i'm not in wi-fi Oh, so I think okay. it'll still say I'm here. So it'll just let you know when you're home. Or it just won't load. Boring. Yeah. Like today, <laughs> just watching movies all day long. Yep. What are you doing? It's like, you have not left. <laughs> Go outside. <laughs> I find it fascinating that you do that. Like, it tells me so much about your character that you don't mind someone 
knowing everything you're doing. Yeah. It only becomes a problem when I'm trying to surprise my mom in Phoenix for her birthday and I'm worried she's going to look at my map <laughs> and see where we are. Yeah. I can do it. Even if I lived a completely just virtuous, innocent life, like I feel like just in my head, I need to feel anonymous. Mm. Like I can't feel that tied into something. I don't know. Probably says a lot about my personality. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Where did we get to? What happened? Rice and provisions. They have Puzzle sexy family. time. Yep. Um, yeah, Richard realizes he doesn't want the beach to become Copenhagen and a tourist destination. He rings home to someone, his parents. Tells him maybe a couple of months to a year. And then he does say, oh yeah, he says goodbye to them. And then he puts the phone down and then he says goodbye again. As if it's like, yeah. An official. Mm-hmm. Like maybe he was lying to them kind of thing. And he's actually like, no, this yeah. is what I want now. Mm-hmm. Sal and Richard run into the couple of the sto- uh, into the couple of stoners who have now met uh, some female company who he gave the company, uh, sorry, the copy of the map to. He tries to put them off the scent by freaking out and shouting at them. It's a good tactic. <laughs> yep. It's not real, I swear. <laughs> it's not beautiful and everything I ever wanted. <laughs> there aren't French girls there who will sleep with you, who won't sleep with you anywhere else in the world. Uh, Sal asks him if he gave them a copy of the map. He lies again. And then they have sexy time um, and form a pact that no one will find out about him telling people about the map. So this is where it all starts to go downhill. Yeah. And he does say a thing about something to do with guilt and about the problems that were to come from that. I don't feel like... I think when I was younger, I always read it as his guilt of the cheating. But I don't feel now that that's what it's about. I feel it was more to do with the map now. But am I wrong in that? In terms of he told another lie to her and he knew that that was going to come back and bite him at some point because they are adjectively looking for... I think it's everything combined. It's all kind all of like the, all the stuff is starting to pile yeah, on top Yeah, all the lies other. and yeah, dishonesty. Um, Richard lies to Francoise when he goes back and she confronts him about what happened because apparently Sal um, likes to sleep with people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, things go back to normal until one of the Swedes dies in a shark attack and then Richard finds another one of them in, by, at the beach bleeding out. And this is really, I think, where you start to see his disassociation because he's just sitting there and he doesn't do anything about it. And yeah. it's until the others come to help. He's just like sitting and starting to kind of detach himself from his mm. own psyche. Um, so yeah, I think you're right. It's like the guilt. And then I think seeing the world he doesn't want to be part of anymore. And then, yeah, starting to like, he starts thinking more about Daffy and like that, but you get that flashback of him seeing Daffy's dead body. And I think it's like taking that much time to get under his skin and start to affect him. Um, but Sal won't allow the medics to come to the island, so she gives the wounded man two options. He can either take a boat to the island or he can take his chances on the island. Um, sorry, boat to the mainland, I mean. Or he can take his chance on the island. Um, he seemingly chooses, I guess, to stay on the island. We don't yeah. see him make the decision, but he stays Well, he there. keeps... The other guy says, no, he won't get in the he water won't make again. It, mm. Yeah, he won't get in the water. Um, so he starts bleeding out very slowly, and the whole atmosphere of the island changes. And for me, this was my favorite bit of dialogue. And I remember it was even when I first saw the movie where Richard does that whole thing about people don't like it when you get sick. They want you to either get better or die. Mm -hmm. And it's the hanging around that pisses people off. Yeah, I think it's a really brutally horribly honest piece of dialogue. That's great. It was excellent. Um, In a horrible way. And eventually the group can't stand his moans anymore as he's bleeding out. So they drag him out to the woods where Etienne... Um, protests and then decides to stay out in this little camp site out in the woods, which is also a good device to get Etienne out of the love triangle situation yeah. <laughs> and keep him in the woods. Um, so this is where we really get to the big change in the film because Sal sees the stoners that he gave a copy of the map, or so should that um, Richard gave a copy of the map to on the next island over and instructs Richard to wait at the coast for them um, until they turn up and to turn them away, no matter how long it could take for them to actually get the guards to swim over. Uh, Francis finds out about him cheating on her. Francis? No, Francois. 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 Uh, about him cheating on her and confronts him. She smacks him in the face. Um, he continues his training. I've written down something that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> um, and Richard's basically left completely cut off from everybody else on the edge of the island. How did these guys get across on the end? Did they miss that? Did they swim or did they get, make a little boat? Or They made a little boat. Did they? With the raft thing. I remember having to do that once. In a, he used to do these pgl camps i think they were and you'd go and do different activities and we had to like make a boat out of bits of wood and stuff and it was fun 
Hmm. You had to go get a flag off on the island. But you only it only counted. So you could you could do this. Yeah. You're saying. No, I just <laughs> remember. I just it was. I was watching the scene going uh, like, uh, yeah. I just make it. Brought back memories. <laughs> Brought back memories of a simpler time. <laughs> like when I used to build boats. When I used to build boats. I, I, I don't think I was very good at the building it because I can't tie knots. Can you guys tie knots? Like shipping knots and stuff. And I don't think I've ever tried. Can't do it. Can't do no, it. not the fancy sailors' knots. Mm. All I could do was swim. And they had to have like a yeah flag on the island. You had to take your boat out to the island and get the flag and then come back. Hmm. But unless you brought it back with your boat, it didn't count because it meant your boat wasn't a successful build. Yeah. So all these teams were on different parts of this big lake like doing it. And our boat, like everybody else was sabotaging. So everyone was jumping onto other boats and cutting the ropes and fucking all up. Aww. So it all like, fell apart and I managed to win because I, someone else got the flag and they gave it to me. And then I swam back, like with the rope over my shoulder, tugging the remain, like the carcass. That's horrible. I was like, technically, my boat boat came back. (laughs) It may not be in good health. Where Where was this? Not in Um, England. Yeah, it's in England. Oh, was it really? Oh, that sounds quite. I think it's kind of close to Wales. I'm not sure. Um, Um, Interesting schooling. hmm. I never did this. PGL conventions must have been cool good fun did some abseiling cool. played manhunt in a, I have a memory of a night playing manhunt in a thunderstorm with lightning and the rain and the mud oh, wow. <laughs> that is literally as if I was at Vietnam in my head my God. you've um, actually lived this film yeah <laughs> yeah no it really was and that's how seriously I would treat it and a lot of the other kids would like you're crawling through mud and hiding in trees and just pouring rain and we're underneath the eaves of the house like watching someone would capture someone else from the other team and take them to a shed that they made into an interrogation camp to like find what? out where the other kids were Fucking, and in my head, That's honest crazy. to God, I remember it because I was so young. I interpret it like the fantasy world. It was in my head. I'm just like, you're really in intense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the actual event. I just remember my weird imagination version. Oh, yeah. um, all right. So, which leads us perfectly <laughs> onto what happens now in the film, which is his psyche probably breaks yeah. from being stranded out there. We then find out in a few scenes later, he's been out there for about two weeks. How does this work for you guys? Like, as he goes, like, he, he suddenly, there's one line earlier where someone says, your hands, you're never going to get to go out with her because you have, like, you've played too many video, video games. games. <laughs> That's the only line. And then suddenly, in the course of about, and I've started writing it down, in the course of about three minutes, his VO comes back in very heavily. So we're back inside his head. And he has, like, a reference to, I was playing my own game now. I found new players. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were all playing the same game. Like, they really drive it home. That's his, like, video game. And if they don't drive it home enough, we get a weird animated mm-hmm. <laughs> segment. Yep. I love that As if sequence. he's playing a video. You love I that love sequence? Yeah, walking. I do. Because <laughs> I, I thought, you know, when I first watched it, I thought it was very, like, different and cool. Although the whole, like, storyline did, like, lose me a bit. I thought the whole, like, the portrayals of it was really cool. And watching it again, it hasn't, you know, it's still a fun little sequence it's crazy and it's yeah. fun and it's somewhat disturbing and it's disturbing. Thought, yeah it does the job <laughs> Which, yeah it plays into the, his state of mind yeah. so i think it works yeah also like the face he makes as he's like marching with his <laughs> arms swinging yeah, upstairs so, so funny <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just had you giggling next to me <laughs> yeah i remember at the time i really didn't like this bit and i still i hate it more now actually than mm. i did then but i like the idea of it i like being that bold with something um and I get the video game analogy. I just feel like they're driving it home way too much. Like even saying it three times in VR was too much for me, but then having to show it like that. And it's more just, it's just technology. It's just like mm. the way they portray it for me just looks so like at the time, it wasn't even how graphics were then. Now it's certainly not how graphics are now, obviously. So for me, it just ages the film a lot because it just right. doesn't, there's not a style of it that's timeless. It just kind of feels like a, yeah, I don't know. It feels like a, a dumb version of a video, like a, not a good representation of a video game. See, I'm not a gamer, so I probably yeah. that's probably why I enjoyed it more than. Yeah. Than yeah that's the thing. Like, it just upsets me when I, it's like when you hear people playing a video game on mm. a TV show or something, and no one can afford the licensing to, or no one wants to bother paying the licensing mm-hmm. to buy the actual sounds from real video game because you can't just put it. You do have to pay mm. for that sound. So they just create their own thing and they just yeah. do bleep bloops and stuff right. like that. And as a gamer, it makes you so <laughs> right. upset. But that's how you're selling yeah. <laughs> this like medium of entertainment. Doesn't this yeah. sound fun? Join our world. So that's kind of how I feel about that scene. It's like, this is not, not even at that point, in, not even in 2000, were video games like that. Like it was, it bothers me. 
Um, and plus, yeah, his face just upsets me. Oh, <laughs> that's the best part. It really upsets me. And then when he like loses drugs. a life and he's all like, oh no. He's eating mushrooms that yeah. dead Daffy is giving him. Well, he refuses a mushroom as well. Oh yeah. Yeah, but who knows that that was the first time Duffy's offered the mushrooms. That's true. Is he, well, is he in a, actually, that he scene comes that. directly after meeting a caterpillar. Yeah. Yep. So, toxic caterpillar, maybe. Maybe. Um, and then we get an almost sort of fever dream of Daffy back at the hostel gunning down tourists, um, which Richard, as Richard, like, is withdrawing more and more into himself and idolizing Daffy more and more. Um, which is weird, because he really kind of, he kind of puts Daffy... It does become about that, about not wanting anybody else to have what they have. Like that whole scene's about killing Taurus and Daffy like screaming about no one else should fucking like have the right and blah blah blah, which isn't who Daffy was at the beginning of the film. Hmm. Like Daffy gives a stranger a map to go to yeah. this beach for no yeah. reason, and in his first sentence brings it up basically. So I find it strange. So I feel like okay, it must be Leo's interpretation of who he wants Daffy to be then, but I also don't know. At that point, if Leo... I don't know. Is, is that where Leo's headspace is? If like, he's really that preoccupied with... He doesn't want people to come and steal this pleasure from him because he doesn't really have it anymore either. He's been taken away from it. I think he's... It's also... I took it as him being scared that... Like, he was in trouble for making the copy of the map and that it was his fault that they were there and he had to get the map back and then he was going to be okay and get to go back okay. to the paradise mm. and So just playing that video living. game challenge kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah kill everybody get the map back yeah. and then you can go and then back i to can you. live my paradise again mm -hmm. but instead he doesn't he withdraws more into himself and starts to realize that he doesn't even want to be around the other people um and then one of the group i kept missing his name that guy is his name finds richard in a dark corner of a shed and richard starts talking about how much he admires daffy and the guy points out you didn't even know daffy um, so then he starts making traps in the woods. He starts seeing Daffy more and more, who then offers him a mushroom. Richard turns it down and says, I don't need help seeing the writing on the wall. And it says that it's year zero. And there's this whole sort of paranoia, which I feel is very much of the time of 2000. Like, this paranoia of, like, there's even a line in there where he says something about Y2K as well. Like, he says, like, we just got through Y2K or something. Oh, wow. Um, Y2K, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> when everybody... <laughs> Do you know much about Y2K? The Y2K scare, as it was called? So for about a year before <laughs> yeah. Y2K, which was 2000, the millennium, like the new year for 2000, mm. I would say everybody, not everyone believed this, obviously, but alarming amount of people did believe it, but everyone was talking about it, and it was all over the news and everything, mm. was people genuinely thought everything was going to end at oh, 2000. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not because of like 2012 or a mind prophecy, but because they generally thought all electronics wouldn't know hand, how to handle the switch over to 2000. <laughs> yeah. And I don't have any comprehension. I remember not understanding at the time, but because grown-ups were saying it, I'm like, there must be some truth to this, but I don't believe it, but I don't. there must be some logic. I think it why. was because it. they thought it's going to switch back to like zero. Yeah. So it's like 1990 zero. Like, why is it any different to switching back to 1999? Like, I doesn't, it doesn't make any sense, obviously. Very true. And obviously yeah. it doesn't because it didn't happen. But, yeah. <laughs> but people thought like, Planes were going to crash, yeah. yeah. They thought everything would just turn off, basically. Yeah. Um, so people were really, in America in particular, people were preparing. People well, had their bunkers. 31% you know. of us do believe in witches, so. <laughs> we just witches are that. real, what are you talking <laughs> just, about? What was that? No, no, no. It's, that was it was 31% believe uh, America is at fear of an attack from witches. From, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> like a coordinated <laughs> attack <laughs> from witches. Yep. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, so people were stocking up their bunkers getting ready for country. Y2K. And that really is Sounds like, right. I feel that is in this film though. There is that claustrophobia of that yeah. time and, and everyone wanted to get out of that. And mm. people having to embrace the idea, well, what if we had to go back to living in huts? Like, what do you do? Yeah, the stoners and their girlfriends build a little boat. They arrive on the island, they find the weed and then the drug cartels gun them down as Richard just watches and hisses a little bit. Yep. Uh, but the cartel sees him and chases. He leads the, uh, one of them over a trap. During the chase, he jumps off the uh, initiation, that's what I'm calling it, waterfall, <laughs> showing the transition, I think, from his original scared character to one now who just, like, doesn't even think about it. We'll just run and jump off of this waterfall. And there's no fear mm. left in him. 
Um, Richard tries to get Francois and Etienne to come with him to escape the island, but he won't. Uh, but Etienne won't leave because of the injured, injured Swede Christo, who is still alive, just but with gangrene spreading throughout his body. Uh, Richard tells the others to meet him at the boat, and he suffocates Christo while the drug cartel seizes the camp. The um the blood effects on the shark things are really good. I thought, mm-hmm. like when they first get dragged in, mm. and been, yeah. like, the legs just. Yeah. Oh, yeah. On the side of his stomach. Yeah. yeah. And also, I was looking at it, trying to figure out how he did some of it because normally with that it would just be CGI and you could tell like it would be a bit too shiny or a bit too something. Right. But it had the right amount of like flappiness. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the blood trail on the white sand was yeah. like such yeah, a vivid yeah. like, image. That's really great. That's smart. Yeah. Bringing everyone together, the lead farmer of the cartel, which is he calls himself a farmer, so. <laughs> uh, yeah tells them all to leave the island sal refuses tells everyone it's richard's fault so the lead farmer takes five bullets out of his six shooter and hands it to her telling her to kill richard if she wants to remain everyone protests starts crying but she thinks that they can handle it to keep the peace so she does it the gun is empty the farmer smiles knowing everyone can't handle the truth of the situation and he's correct as everybody leaves so can you explain to me with this scene as well you see him take out five of the bullets Mm -hmm. drop them on the floor Mm -hmm. Is it clear that he actually takes out six and just keeps one in his hand? I thought it showed him putting one in. Yeah, I thought yeah. it did. So I just assumed when he shut it, it was in, he purposely in shut the it. one yeah. that's lined up with oh. like, the bullet. I thought the farmer next. didn't really care. It, just, it like, clicks through. Right. So mm. I assumed it was like a, I'm going to teach you guys a lesson because this first one that she's going to pull doesn't actually have a bullet in it. But I also right. don't know how guns work, so that could be wrong. <laughs> but you're American. <laughs> but I'm from Texas. <laughs> Uh, were you gonna say who get no, I thought it was just a Russian route that situation where the farmer didn't really care if it actually if it did or it didn't. Yeah, he thought either just, way he'd win. Yeah, thing. exactly. Yeah, that's what I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell the intention because that's what I thought was happening. Mm-hmm. But then he doesn't spin it. True, he actually just true, pops true. it back in. Yeah. And then when he gives it to her, I was like, well, what's in her mind? Does she think she's definitely going to kill him? Because she seems really surprised when it doesn't kill him. Mm, yeah. Mm, right. So that's, that's in my head's like, yeah, like I think she felt the one. But then it's like, why would you take out the other five bullets? But I guess because he didn't want her to kill a bunch of people. A bunch. Turn around. Well, because a bunch of his guys were there. So she could easily have shot him and then multiple of his guys. So yeah, maybe that's what it was trying to show. It was like one bullet, just, yeah, kill this one Because if she chooses one of them, they all have guns on them. But then he had like switched, like, yeah, placed it so it wasn't actually shot on the one bullet or whatever. Yeah. So he could make his point. I'm assuming. Mm. Because, yeah, he has that little wry smile. So I feel like there was a plan from him. Yeah. Mm. He Um, knew what he was doing. He's a smart farmer. <laughs> then everyone just starts screaming and leaves. Which I find also a little bit unbelievable that everybody would leave. I feel like a couple of people are like, excellent, Whatever, nobody's dead. Let's hang out and party. We have our weed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see it on that boat when they're all on their way out. So you got all of them on this big, on this raft just floating out from the island. You would just see like piles of weed and stuff. <laughs> just, like, um, they could have just kicked her off. Why yeah, true, even, very true. Like, get off our island, bitch. What, Sal? Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, uh, well, she's which, all, that's true. That's kind of the moment of them being like, oh no, our leader's a monster. Yeah. Well, I think it's just, yeah, I think it's just meant to be the bubble bursting of, yeah. they all know this is temporary. At some point, it has yeah. to yeah. leave when it gets too serious. And the whole place matters so much more to Sol than to, like, yeah. everyone yeah. else. And, yeah, that's true. And her fucking asshole boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's Jesus he about? Christ. Like, why was she with him? I don't, yeah. I don't know why anyone would be with him. He was horrible. She's a psycho, that's why. That first line is fucking hilarious where he's up there hammering. He's like, hey, Richard, can you do this? Can you make anything with your hands? <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Um, and then we have, I actually remember this film ending on these rafts and I was expecting the credits to come up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we don't. We actually go back to modern civilization mm-hmm. and we're in, an internet cafe yeah. with those <laughs> colorful IMAX, the, the blue and the orange, <laughs> those IMAX. Yeah, me too. I used to have them in my high school. Yeah, that's what we took our typing classes on. Oh, with really? Like the sticky keyboard that's loud <laughs> and you can't actually type fast on. <laughs> um, yeah, and you have this diatribe from him um, about kind of adjusting and sort of like. I guess taking the lessons that they learned because these things will always haunt them but you learn how to live with the stuff you've done and move on Um, which I guess is the message of the movie I don't really know 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's what it leaves us with. Do bad things. Forgive yourself and move on. <laughs> Um, but then he gets that email from yeah. um, Francois. Francois. Well, what's interesting in that is because they show these emails, you get an email from Francois, which has the photo of them all mm-hmm. on the beach, which is obviously, yeah, how you're going to go out. You have a great shot of him, which I was kind of disappointed they then bounce back to the photo for the actual credits because you have a shot of him smiling at it mm-hmm. and then gradually his face becomes more serious and you can feel his thought process of, oh, look at this, isn't it nice? And then obviously remembering the bad things they've done mm. and kind of like having to live with that and that haunting him. And for me, that was a more powerful way to go out. It's like linger on that shot longer and show like it's settling in him. Yeah. But they go back to the photo. But what I find more interesting is in his emails when he's scanning through the top one, like the most recent one is from his parents. Yeah. And it's titled, like, where, where are, are you? you? Yeah. So, you know, he's still not gone home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he's still like traveling and looking for new adventures and yeah. potentially, yeah, doing more, killing more people, <laughs> doing more bad things. Um. <sighs> But yeah, with the Danny Boyle film, I'm always like, the opening and the ending is what I'm always expecting. It's like a fucking kick-ass opening, which I got from this. Mm. And then a kick-ass ending, which for me, the ending's like, I like the, the way it ends. I like the message, but it's not that exciting to me, the ending. Mm. It kind of like peters out a little bit for me. Um, but what about you guys? You I think? liked how on the photo it said um, Parallel Universe. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I found our kiss and... It's kind of because that kind of makes it open ending in a way because it's kind of like sad but happy but sad but happy but sad. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, nice. So, yeah, I quite like that ending. Yeah. yeah. Saying, so, remember that line that I mocked you for? Well, yeah, kind of exactly. Hook up again sometime. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think I like the way it ended because of the email from mom and dad that Mm. said where are you Mm -hmm. just because it still leaves it very open and Mm. yeah like maybe he's learned but actually he hasn't because he's still avoiding his life back home Mm. kind of which i found interesting like i generally like when they went to that scene i was like oh i don't remember the scene and i was thinking maybe he'll be like yeah in an office job or something like Mm. that and like they'll show him in something really mundane Mm. and he's like looking at this window of what it was before and sort of slightly romanticizing it or something Mm. So it was kind of interesting there that they decided to show that instead. He is still out there doing stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Looking like Leo. Yeah. I was Looking quite like surprised Leo. to see those, like, the people on the, the raft when they were escaping from the island. Mm-hmm. So they know there's, like, yeah. sharks yeah, in the water. Sharks, yeah. So, like, you know, like, yeah. how did they decide who gets on the raft? Yeah. yeah. Who has to, like, swim There were, swim like, four people it. in the water moving like pushing it. it. Yeah. Just <laughs> happily sitting there yeah. with their knees tucked up. No, oh, thank you. So, Haruka, this was, you said this was uh, one of your favorite Danny Boyle films from memory. One of top three, yeah. yeah. Okay. How do you feel now? Um, yeah, you? I think it's still one of my favorites. Yeah, I still enjoyed it a lot. Um, yeah. Great. <laughs> Love it. Love it. You all right? Is the day getting to you a little bit? <laughs> a little bit. filmed out? Too many to go on. No, I'm not a very... I'm good at slating things but i'm not very yeah, good at that when you like a movie you're just like i really liked it yeah <laughs> but majority of the time it's like this is a piece of shit do you want yeah. to talk about rings is that what we want to do because <laughs> no, when i don't like something i tend to like analyze it more than when i like something yeah, yeah. so yeah okay yeah so you just yeah you just yeah. like the movie does it for you yeah no i think it's do you have like, a problem with either half of it? Like, do you prefer the first half or the second half? Or i mean you? yeah the the bit where leo goes wild i still do feel a bit left behind mm-hmm. um but then again i thought the acting's like on point like every single cast is great mm. um and i love that switch um when leo's like hissing at that yeah. new girl and then yeah. she gets shot and then you can see in his eyes yeah, just the blood that, on his face yeah yeah. It's, yeah, yeah so i do really enjoy his performance in it especially especially leo's performance in it so yeah Okay. How are you going to rate it then? Um, this is a problem. You've got to put it in context of yeah. Transporting and getting nine. And yeah. what did we just want? A lifeless ordinary yeah. got yeah. Six. six. I gave it far. Oh, six. No, yeah. you went up I gave six. It six. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Beach, I'll give it eight, 8.5 maybe. 8.5? Mm. Okay. Well, like I said, we'll, we'll come back at the end of this, all the podcasts, and we'll do like an overall you know, yeah, recount cool. and we can readjust stuff a Change little bit. Yeah. Um, Alison, your first time at the beach. Yes. How are you doing? Doing well. How was it? 
uh it was good i yeah. think this has been my favorite one so far really mm-hmm. interesting cool yep so more than shallow grave more than transporting more than life looks ordinary yeah it it makes me i think because shallow grave is the first one we watched mm-hmm. and i gave it a six five or seven i think uh la, 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 la. yeah six five seven um so now that we've gotten to this point I'm you already starting around, to kind of shuffle things mm. around, so I'm just making note of it. But I think I would give this one seven, five, or eight. Seven, five, or eight. Which already makes me want to shuffle that down uh, a little life bit. Life less ordinary. Mm. Oh, okay. Mm. Um, I'll put you down for an eight now. Let's be generous. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just then it gives you a little more yeah. more breadth. Yeah. Because you give train spotting what a seven? Was that correct? I gave train spotting seven, five. Seven, five, and yeah. life less ordinary seven, five as well. So if you, this is your favorite, then it's got to be an eight right now. Yeah. Mm. Okay um oh white yeah i'm gonna be in roughly the same region I'm, i still feel the same way about this movie as i did years ago which mm. is unusual i think to like be on pretty much the same marker i really i much prefer the first half of this movie um i think the first half is fantastic i love the energy of it i love the way it's shot um i think it's a good balance between indie and glossy uh yeah the acting's all great i like the love triangle um even though it's resolved in kind of a weird way mm. um I love the yeah the shark attacks are like really well handled. I think the humor is great in it, um, and I like the things it's trying to discuss as well, just in terms of tourism and in terms of how special we all think we are. And we all want something, but then when you get it, the reality at some point isn't going to be that. And the second half, I do struggle with still a lot. Like I don't like. I feel his slide into where he gets to is way too quick um, for the movie. Um, he's just out there. He's completely fine when she leaves him out there. And then you literally just cut to him immediately going, I find new games I can play. And he's immediately like doing things that I just, I just needed a little bit longer, you know, to mm. get into where his head's at. Sure. But I like where his character goes to. Um, the computer game bit, yeah, I don't like. And the ending I'm fine with. It, I just don't find it that exciting. It doesn't knock mm. me out. It's kind of like, yeah, this is the logical ending. Mm-hmm. It's all fine. You know they have to leave the island at some point, you know. like yeah, it's quite anticlimactic, I suppose. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely prefer the first half. The first half, I'd, I would give a good solid 8.5 to, um, whereas the second half, I would give more a 7.5 to a 7 at points. So I'll probably give it an 8, I think, overall as well. Uh, the music I love, once again, mm. Danny Boyle, just to round up like we do, like music and his style of camera movement is something that obviously is evolving and changing a bit. But here again, great soundtrack, way more obviously dance orientated. There's a lot more kind of, well, not dance, but like, well, yeah that world of yeah like techno and that kind of yeah. yeah um so for instance we've got um where is it add it up a second ago you got more underworld don't you oh you got left field all saints moby yeah more underworld asian dub foundation uh faithless like mm. uncle orbital like it's mm. loads of at that time, they were the biggest, biggest sort of club scene right. soundtracks. And then he throws in some Blur and some Sugar Ray. Mm. <laughs> with like, yeah. Um, but yeah, that All Saints song, Pure Shores, and then the Moby One Porcelain, like they were so fucking big mm. everywhere. I still like Porcelain a lot, actually. Um, yeah, so I give it an 8 out of 10. I like it a whole lot. I really do. Uh, next up, we're going to be reviewing 28 Days Later. Woo! Yeah. This was a film that, yeah, has a very personal, a very important part in my personal life and film career in terms of why I go into film. So looking forward to talking about that. Um, thank you very much for listening to us. You can subscribe to our podcast if you type in We Are Geeks on iTunes and you'll get our weekly podcast that goes up every single Tuesday and talks about topical things to do with movies and music. Nope, not really. Uh, movies and games. Sometimes <laughs> music. Normally movies and games. Um, and that will be hosted in UK and also be hosted in the LA. We're bouncing back and forth at the moment. Um, and if you want to help us in other regards, please head over to wearetessellate.com, wearetessellate.com, where you can branch out to all our social medias, follow us on anything you want to, and check out our movies and short films and stuff because we're a production company ran out of London, LA, and Tokyo. And we make feature films and short films and music and things. We just finished making our first feature film yeah. called Starfish which we're in post-production on right now. And we'll be talking more about that in the following weeks on a regular podcast and a special Starfish show that we're going to be doing. You can follow me on all social medias, Mr. Al White. You can follow Allison, Ali Sue, yep. on Instagram. 
doesn't do the Twitter, so don't bother. No. <laughs> and you can follow Haruka Abe. Uh, I think it's Haruka Abe on Twitter and Haruka.Haruka <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> you look at me. Look at you. I that my username. You're gradually learning. It's fantastic. Thank you very much for listening. We appreciate it. And we're out. P.S. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I have a list. <laughs> this is an addendum to our I, podcast. Allison, you have a list of water films. Yes. <laughs> I just have realized that every film that I've seen with Leonardo DiCaprio involves water somehow, whether it's a big... Every film? <laughs> that I have yeah. seen of his. If only there was a list to corroborate this information. <laughs> 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 what you got for us, Allison? So, we just watched The Beach. I think that one's obvious. Yeah. They just sat for an hour of us talking yes. about it. <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. When she when there's he sneaks fish in. Well, oh, there is a fish tank, but when she when he sneaks in, they're in the pool together oh, yeah. and they're hiding. That's true. And he's what, on Venice they're Beach. Making noise. Mm. And then Titanic, another obvious one. There's a little bit of water in that one. Just a little, a little bit. bit. Too much. Yeah. Some ice. Arguably. <laughs> <laughs> too much ice. frozen yeah type. frozen water <laughs> yeah it doesn't mix well um shutter island oh, yeah. yep inception Very there's true. a funny meme of i think inception shutter island and romeo not romeo and juliet titanic where they show him like on the iceberg right before he dies but then they show him coming off and they're like he made it because he's walking <laughs> onto land from the beach <laughs> it's really horrible um the revenant yep oh, yeah. I, oh I thought this is when i thought about it when he first catches the fish because i was like oh he just did that and won an oscar for it uh, yeah we didn't eat raw fish in these no. days it wasn't quite as desperate yeah mm-hmm. he waited and then great gatsby he dies in a pool Spoilers. Sorry. <laughs> great gatsby he Oops. dies in a pool <laughs> jesus christ Allie, come on um thank you yes you're that welcome is a, that is a beautiful <laughs> i mean is that just how do you just pick your films by if leo and what has something to do with water is it no i think he picks his films by without water i feel this is more it says more about you than it does about leo you only pick I films with leo watch this Leonardo or you think a wet movie. shirt might happen at some point. <laughs> <laughs> oh thank you oh, no, we welcome. really we really are out now <laughs> Bye. Bye.